Welcome to Fantastic Neighborhood Gaiden. I'm your host, Fred, and joining us this week is guest host, Mike Pappas. Yo, happy to be here, everybody. Mike, Thanks, this Fred. is your second time on the show, which I think makes you a regular at this point. I don't know about a regular, but I'm definitely a, a guy you can call once in a while. Come the through. fact that you came back. Yeah, I almost mu- didn't. Even. Much love. You did pay me. <laughs> it's, all, it's all bribe money. Um, so the reason I wanted you on the show this week is that you did something that I'm I'm very enamored with, and I don't know a whole lot about, and it's sort of the reason I think I think you're now a Star Wars correspondent. Uh, yeah, you you officially went to Star Wars Celebration 2015. I went to Plaid. I did ludicrous speed to <laughs> California to Anaheim, which like so it, that's a big trip. But so I do a lot of conventions every year, right? I used yeah. to do Gen Con every year, not so much anymore, but I still love it. Yeah, I do two or three packs a year. Um, New York Comic Con, several different Magic Grand Prix if I can. I've never, like, Star Wars Celebration is so specific to me that it was never like, I didn't know if I could go. And I don't really know, well, I know I could could go, but I didn't know if I would really enjoy it as much. Yeah. But so you're a huge Star Wars fan. Tell me about the, like, tell me about the experience. I don't even know what to expect at it other than there's going to be a lot of people dressed as Stormtroopers. I mean, for me, it's uh, it's basically like going to a con for only your favorite whatever, whatever you're into, right? And it's like, I mean, I, they have these, you know, these Game of Thrones, and they have um, the Star Trek conventions that cater to specific franchises, specific uh, what have you. Right. Um, so basically for me, it was a no-brainer because, I mean, I'm more into Star Wars than I am in any other franchise. Um, I've invested more into it in terms of time and money, um, and it was just basically a no-brainer. I go to Comic-Con every year. I've never been to Star Wars Celebration I said, you know what? I mean, I don't. There's nothing stopping me from going for a weekend out to California. I said I'm going to pack up and I'm going to go. Plus, this is the biggest Star Wars year we've had in over. A oh decade. yeah, this this was definitely the year to go, right? Yeah. So I mean, to to me, it was a no brainer to just go out there and experience this. And and then I think the one thing that was most important to me is to experience that environment with other people who are just as passionate about the franchise as I am. Um, and I mean, and that's really exactly what I experienced when I was there. I mean, you just go up to anybody and it's like, you either start talking about your costume or their costume if you're cosplaying at all. Or you go to the, the, the hotel bar that's right outside the convention and you walk up, order a beer, and like the next thing you know, you're best friends with yes. everybody at the bar. Or I imagine because it's Star Wars Celebration, they have like blue milk cocktails. Was, well, and, well yeah. people were creating their own blue milk yeah, with yeah. like white Russians with food coloring or yeah. blue curacao or what have you. But yeah. Um, no, it was a great experience. I mean, there, there's a ton to, t- to talk to you guys about um, I, I'll start off by saying I got there uh, on Friday afternoon, um, which is a day after actually J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy debuted um, the, the Star Wars uh, Force Awakens new trailer, by right. the way, which we should probably get into eventually. Oh, yeah. Um, they rolled out BB-8, the ro- little droid that we talked about last yeah, year. Yeah, that was a huge hit, right? Like, that, uh, was a, that was a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty incredible. I'm still not sure how the technology worked, but I mean, they rolled this guy out on stage. He um, had animation and life to him uh, he moved around that's similar to the way that r2 would move around um he made these f- cute little sounds that made you want to just you know i'm sure they're gonna make this thing 
for oh this is this is going to be the christmas toy of the century no no doubt about it yeah it was unbelievable so uh, i got there a day late after that so the trailer already came out people were already jazzed up and been there for over the past day and i just got there to catch up and um you just come into this space i mean it's it's two floors um the top floor was mainly for um the panels uh there was a podcast stage which actually you probably would have thought was really cool yeah um and then there was uh, the celebration stage where they had uh, they hosted the trailer, and then they hosted the um, the trailer the second day, which was for Battlefront, which was also pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and then downstairs was basically like your con floor, right? Like, you know, you had your booths where you could spend all your money on. Um, you had uh, different uh, setups of um, I don't know how to say it, like uh, stage setups of like uh, areas from the film. So like they had the right. cantina, so you could walk through the cantina. They had a, a, a fake uh, Millennium Falcon stage set up. You could like wait yeah, online. Yeah, it's not like the real Millennium Falcon cockpit. <laughs> no, I know. But uh, no, it, it was it was pretty awesome. It, it was definitely an experience. What kind of uh, that's that's so interesting. What kind of vendors do they have there? Because like when we, when we go to like a like PAX or something like that, like there's people selling games, there's people selling T-shirts, there's people showing off their new title. But with Star Wars, like I mean. Granted, it's like the biggest franchise in the world, so there's probably a lot of vendors. But like, I always equated it to like, um, like sci-fi or horror conventions that I used to go to back in the day, where it's like a bunch of guys selling Godzilla bootlegs. Oh my god! You know, like that sounds I, scary, terrifying, actually. Yeah, no, it was it was real skeevy. Um, but those were always held in like the you know the conference room of a Ramada in in Jersey, um, whereas this is an entire city. Oh my god! <laughs> but is it is it like is it mostly just like licensed? No, so, uh, okay, so Funko was there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And they had all their Funko products were just dedicated to Star Wars. And and then they they had um, your t-shirt companies, but they were all dedicated to Star Wars. Right. There are tons of artists, um, you know, guys signing posters, guys signing lithographs that they've created. Um, Then you could buy... Star Wars helmets, a custom armor, the right. like 501st, which is... So it wasn't like, it wasn't just like officially licensed stuff. It was like fan work and... Yeah, all. I mean, it, it was uh, artists um, to clothing, uh, to toy lines, outside of just the official stuff too. Um, and then you had um, the guys selling the vintage toys, right. uh, the Kenner stuff, all the way up to Hasbro's, different booths with just miscellaneous things. The one cool thing about Lucasfilm uh, in general is like, his, L- George Lucas's thing was... Look, this is what I've created. I want everyone to share it, experience it, and be creative with it. Right. And like, I made a framework work within it. Exactly. Yeah. So, I think they've taken that philosophy and they've brought it to all different aspects, including, like, you know, uh, material things that you can come create and sell for yourself. And um, that that's really another th- passionate thing that brings the fans together is that they can create their own uh, fan film. They can create their own action figure. They can create their own artistry based on the universe, and the, right. which is really cool. That's really cool. Um, so much came out in the last two weeks, Star yeah. Wars related. So you had Star Wars Celebration. Obviously, they revealed the trailer. You had uh, the trailer for Battlefront, right. which, by the way, let's little side note. I love that the <laughs> the Battlefront um, trailer at the end of the trailer, the stinger was pre order now. The game is out in November. Yeah, well, that's. <laughs> I mean, that's I think, we might run out of digital copies. Yeah, I mean, look, that's that's kind of how they base their prediction on sales is how many pre-orders they get I mean, oh i know you know, I know. this stuff yeah. like i mean they kind of it's ea at the end of the day i mean dice was a developer but electronic arts is the emperor behind the scenes right so yeah, yeah. I, I wonder um with battlefront is it is it going to be is it going to feel like its own game or is it going to be like a battlefield game reskinned with star wars stuff i'm really scared to say yes 
if that makes sense. Right. Like, uh, but, I mean, because the footage was all cinematic, right? They said it was in-game engine, which is great, but like, it doesn't play like that. I no, don't know so, how it's going mean, mean, you know, to play. You know, I work at, at IGN, and I talked to some of the guys who um, actually got to see real gameplay footage when he went in there, and they yeah. said the lighting... Um, is not as bright. Uh, the shading, the shading wasn't as good. Uh, things that were rendered in the in-game footage that we saw were, were not exactly up to par with the gameplay footage sure. that they saw. And then there's the whole thing. I mean, I know you. This is gonna upset you more than anything, but there's no single-player experience, right? I right. mean, they said, well, what we'll do is we'll take the multiplayer maps and we'll create a scenario, kind of like what um, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Vegas did where like, right. you're just like, okay, you're in there and then they're just creating AI to kind they're of like, attack you. They're like time attack challenges and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Like survival mode or whatever. Things to do when you can't find a friend. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess what the developer said on the panel was that they wanted to create the, recreate the original Battlefront experience in next generation, uh, of gaming, what right. we're in right now. Um, unfortunately I think that sucks because I feel like you're going to create a new Star Wars game. Um, on PS4s, Xbox Ones, and for PCs. Uh, and today in 2015, you should really have a full-fledged single-player experience along with your multiplayer. Right. No one. Star Wars is Star Wars because of the story, because of the universe. Like, yeah. if not for the personalities of Star Wars, like, it's generic soldier guys. Like, the Stormtroopers, like, they're there to add a contrast to the, you know, they're the nameless, faceless villain yeah, you know, there, there's a reason most of the Empire wore masks, right? Because they're the faceless, generic villain versus the unique uh, individual heroes, right? The, Fighting the, against the conformity of the Empire. The good-looking, blonde-haired, blue-eyed young chap. Yeah, with, yeah. A, with a, they're all a swordsmen. Actually, no, 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 not so much anymore. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, it's unfortunate, but you know what? I, D- Dice is a great developer. Um, it, it it's not really based completely off of Battlefield because. Battlefield had the physics engines where, like, you know, you could do his physics damage, right? So, like, anything, right. not terraforming, but, you know, you come down on a, on a jet and you launch a missile out of a building, you blow the building up. So, apparently, they right. said that's not exactly the case in Battlefront. Um, but, however, you will be able to get into multiple different vehicles. You'll be able to get into uh, uh, ATSTs, um, ATATs. You won't be able to get in. They're just kind of there, not for show. They'll be able to launch missiles at you and things. So, there's some of the dynamics of Battlefront is what I'm trying to say, but it's not completely the Battlefront. I kind of wish they would take some uh, some Mirror's Edge and dump it in there. Oh, that like, would be cool. You know, some because they're they're definitely they definitely showed jetpacks. Like there's definitely a verticality to the game. Yeah, um, you saw Boba Fett fly around in the trailer, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, they had to, right? Never, of course. Never, never bet against the Fett. Hell no. Uh, so yeah, so you had so Battlefront. Um, they announced uh, around the time of celebration, Disney is going to be opening up an entirely Star Wars theme theme park. Well, I think it's going to be an area within Disney Studios. No, they're going. Well, the, the, so they used to have um, the Star Star Wars Experience or something along those lines, uh, right? At at I want to say at Disneyland or Disney World, right? Um, and they brought that back recently enough, but the, I think they're going to make it its own park, like its own. This is an, this is an attraction that you have to pay a ticket for just to get into this thing, and yeah, it's, well, I, it's just that. What I got out of, I mean, I could be wrong, and maybe, but I got that they're taking a specific section of Disney Studios in Orlando, and maybe in Disneyland they're creating a whole new like Star Wars world, right? Um, but they were literally taking a portion of Disney Studios and then creating that like Star Wars world within there. Would, do you need a separate ticket for that? I'm not sure. Like, yeah. actually, how, how does the Harry Potter thing work? Where you sign up? I don't know. Actually, yeah. You know, I mean, it's a, like, it's it's interesting. You know, it's funny though, because like at, at the end of the day, it's going to be the same thing as well. It's going to be you know a couple of roller coasters and some 
yeah. haunted mansion thing that you walk through with stormtroopers go ooga booga. But uh, you know, <laughs> or maybe they'll just you you sign up for your lightsaber, right? And then you walk around and you like virtually. What's going to be things. interesting with the Star Wars world, though, and I imagine it's probably similar to Harry Potter, is that like they probably don't have to hire people to walk around in costume. The fans are just going to show up with it <laughs> They're on. They're just going to show up in you full know? armor. There'll be forty Boba Fett's walking around. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> crazy it's just boba fett, boba fett day boba fett drinks free you know yeah, the, the girl boba fett's come in, in like the purple and pink armor and then... yeah i always actually hated the uh the gender swapping in star wars fandom not i i don't actually care like from a like i'm not like how dare they take a man stuff but I, I don't like that the the female uh versions are always just like femmed up versions of the men it's like boba fett but in pink you know it's like are we, are we referring to the character in the new rebels uh cartoon sabine she's basically boba fett in pink. oh really that's i why. didn't even notice that. yeah that's that, that happened well there's I'm, I'm sure and then you know like the female wookiee has a bow in her hair you know <laughs> like, it's like the stereotypical version of every male it's just it's it's the it's a female basically. there's not a whole lot of like you know leia was obviously the the archetypal female like basically the only one from the original trilogy right you had mon mothma in like one scene yeah um but then every female character after her was very similar to her like padme was very similar to her and uh and now we have ray who is i'm not sure how familiar you've been spoiler free guys uh but ray actually looks a lot a ton like natalie portman she does be, i know you're talking she looks grandmother. exactly like her yeah. yeah yeah um so like yeah like they're all they're all very archetypal whereas when it's a male character it's a, it's usually it's unique thing right is it though eh, well i mean no, i don't know there's nothing new under the sun right <laughs> but yeah, I always I, I always hated like the 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 Miss Mister that happens a lot of times. Like I wish there was like a very unique yeah female character. Like I, the droids a lot of time are more unique than the female characters. Well, I mean the droids are unique in a sense where they're the narrators and not really right. any specific. Also, why are the, the, the droids are also always male? Um, I, yeah, you know there was a lot of people were saying that BB-8 was going to be female. Her, but it, yeah, but her it, circuitry. But it's but bleeps not, and bloops, not. right? It's bleeps and bloops. Yeah, yeah so. I don't, I don't. I think maybe droids are asexual. I don't know. Well, no. Who I mean, knows? R two is a guy. The voice. The well, three PO is questionable. The, yeah, the voices are definitely in the the male register. You know, and, yeah. and they were when they were voice acted, they were male. Actually, I believe in Attack of the Clones, uh, there was a female waitress droid at a diner. That happened. Uh, oh God, that I totally, hate that scene. That totally happened. Oh wait, was that no? I'm thinking of at, uh, at Dex's diner. Dex, the, the 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 CG uh, the CG greasy spoon guy. You want a cup of Jawa juice? Oh, uh, the worst, the worst. <laughs> oh god, can we can we wipe that out of canon? Can we wipe the prequels out of canon? Well, actually, episode three I think should stay, but episode three is fine. I think like um, I I want to see someone do what they did with the Hobbit recently. Like the Hobbit movies were not great, but someone actually took all three of them and then like edited them okay, down. So I watched it last night. This is so crazy. You're talking about this. It's called the Phantom Edit. Um, it's two hours and 10 minutes. Uh, somebody put it together. Obviously the discussion we had where Lucasfilm is like independence is your, all yours. Right. You can go on YouTube. It's not pirated at all. It's like, this is creativity at its finest. He basically took episodes one, episodes two, episodes three, put them together, made a new crawler that looks re like it was professionally done. Right. And it says episode one through three. It's called the Phantom Edit. I recommend it to everybody. It basically starts off with the Darth Maul fight with Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. And, and then it just cuts cut, out it just like cuts out the bullshit. Cuts out all the yippies and the all that nonsense. No shots of uh, Lucas's children jumping up and down no, in the pod races. No, none of that stuff. No two headed announcer. 
No, no, yeah. and no, barely any Jar Jar at all. Yeah, they it's actually, great. you know what sucks is that they actually did make him crucial to the story at some point. Like, you could cut him out from the first movie entirely. He was comic relief the entire time. Yep. But in the second movie, they made him the catalyst for the whole plot. He was a senator for now. But he was the one who actually made the, the vote happen, yes. which catalyzed yes. the whole thing. Um, he well, gave Supreme, to he yes, to Supreme... The, whatever it is, yeah, yeah, the yeah. rights to the Supreme Trans- Chancellor, which would be yeah. Palpatine, yeah. which changed the face of the galaxy eventually. Yeah. I well, now I have to go watch that. <laughs> uh, Phantom Edit, it's great. Oh, the only fun. thing is, he changed the lighting. He tried to make it grainy, like the prequels, I think. But then there's he put a little orange tint to it, and it kind of changes the way the lightsabers look, and a lot of the, and Yoda actually looks brown because of this. Mm. Very odd. But well, check it out. I mean, I'm I'm sure that they can release a version without that as well. That's probably just a filter you're yeah, out of the no, whole thing. Yeah, no, I mean, this thing. is just the one that's available on YouTube. But totally I, unrelated. Did you see the color edit of uh, Man of Steel? Yeah, it looks so much better. Oh my god, it makes me want to watch that movie entirely with that color. Why wouldn't he do that to the from the beginning? Zack Snyder get... needs street cred. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! All of all of the DC stuff that's come out. Um, because the Batman v Superman trailer came out right at the same time as uh, the Star Wars trailer, and well, actually, apparently it got leaked, quote unquote, like the same day the Star it, well, Wars. Well, no, trailer it was came uh, it was released, uh, it was officially released in South America, and then someone filmed it in the got movie it. theater, right? Got so it was it was it wasn't leaked; it just it distributed where they didn't want it to be, right? But oh man, does DC know how to suck the fun out of a movie trailer? Oh my god, it was so it's so it's bleak, like, depressing. There's know. no color in it. It's just, it looks like a Frank Miller comic, you know? Like, it actually does a lot. Sin City had more color and more contrast. Well, I mean, th- didn't he take the premise of it from Dark Knight Returns, which was Frank Miller? Yeah, yeah. So maybe they're trying to make it yeah, they're, they're really, very Sin City-esque. I every know. movie since the first Sin City has been trying to capitalize on what that movie did, and none of them have been successful. Yeah, well. The first, the, the reason Sin City works is because of how high the contrast is, whereas with... Uh, all the Zack Snyder stuff, everything's just bleak and grim and you can't really make out what's going on. Right. Like, it's amazing that they spend so much time and money on costumery and, and like, building the Batmobile and then they just, like, make everything black and film it with a nightlight. It takes the life out of the film. I yeah. Like. I mean, Man of Steel looks so much better the way I saw it in the internet. I'm actually. hoping. Like, I want it to be good, but who the hell I mean, knows? who doesn't want it to be good, you Yeah. Know? But, uh, oh, man. But, yeah, it was, it was very hard to compete with the Star Wars trailer. Oh, it was um, great, wasn't it? None of the none of the trailers that came out uh, held a candle to it, in my opinion. And, and you know, I uh, and maybe that's a little bit hype. That's a little bit fanboydom, but that's fair enough, though. Yeah, uh, everybody that I've spoken to have seen the trailer. Is like the the most epic part of the trailer was the very end, obviously, where you yeah. see Han and Chewie, uh, their home. Obviously, obviously, they're back on the Falcon, pointing their gun at somebody, or maybe just coming on like suspicious that someone could be on there. I'm right. not sure. Uh, and like that was the uh, the whole, uh, I guess grand finale of the trailer i disagree i happen to feel like when you see vader's helmet charred helmet that's right, probably right. picked up off of endor with like the skeletal anakin skywalker's bones and ash i think that to me was like the biggest like holy shit moment of of the trailer that was big um what's interesting to me the scene that that caught my eye the most is there's a very there's two very there's two scenes right one was that they show like what looks like a very imposing tie fighter pilot holding a gun uh, holding a gun, which seems like he's just what, like like military style, holding like a, a rifle. Oh, oh, the chrome the chrome stormtrooper. Yeah, yeah, it, has, yeah. He, it actually has a cape. He yeah, a cape. and he he looked like um you know like the special tie guys in the in the the trench scene in the yes. first one. He he reminded me he rang of them, but like he looks like he could be a character. Um, so I mean, this is still kind of spoiler free, but it's more like rumor esque on who's playing what. It's all speculation. It's all speculation, yeah. right? So 
I mean, if you don't want to hear speculation, I mean, just stop for like 10 seconds. But basically, um, Gwendolyn Christie, who's in Game of Thrones, yeah. uh, she killed the Hound. She's kind of awesome. Um, she's basically, uh, rumor has it that she's in that, at that particular scene that you're talking about in the trailer. Oh. She is the uh, enforcer of the Stormtroopers. She's the new Boba Fett, basically, but as right. a leader of the Stormtroopers, if right. you will. Um, so that's kind of badass. And the armor was chrome. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. It's like a leveled up Stormtrooper. <laughs> Yeah, sprung for the sprung for the chrome finish. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was that, and then there's there's a very quick cut of like what looks like a very large, like almost like Nazi regime stage sort yes. of thing with a huge flag behind it, and there's yeah. like a very tiny, imposing Hitler-like figure giving a speech. We assume, right? right. And I kind of like that it it it's sort of mirroring like you know actual tyrannical despots right whereas in the the first star wars or any of the star wars series like the emperor was supposed to be like this this very despotic figure mm-hmm. but you never really saw it right? right you just everyone everyone had fear of him because of who he was but you never actually saw like the the thing that made him he just sort of was right whereas in this i think that there's going to be like a, a, like a, a little bit of a level of political intrigue that actually might be more interesting than you know trade negotiations yeah well I, if you remember in a new hope um there was this talk on the death star uh with between tarkin and vader and admiral piet and everybody right basically like or admiral nadine i believe um but basically like you know we we need to stop this rebellion um because the senate we need to have the senate on our side this and that um, utilizing the Death Star as this threat to the galaxy in order right. to get what they wanted. Um, the stage that you saw, which is almost Nazi-esque, right? Like, um, I don't think that is the catalyst to the new empire or the whatever this new force is. With, right. Um, I think that person that we see up there that could be like where, I don't know, where any dictator spot would be. Right. I don't think that's the new emperor. I think that's like the new Grand Moff Tarkin. Right, The, the right. new like, he's the general where he's, there's an, an emperor type archetype figure there's, there's going else. to be like some sort of machiavellian figure behind the scenes manipulating it all just looking at the formula for these films and for what yeah following what Lucas but i do done. i do like that there's a little bit more grit to that like it, you know because even even in the first star wars it was like we have to go to the senate like why you're a despot why are you doing that like yeah. just just tell them what to do and they'll do it right and even vader had to like negotiate with people I mean, negotiations were choking, but you know, like choking negotiations, like, aggressive negotiations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like they were still, there was still discussion. Like, why you're you're a, you're a monarch? <laughs> you know, like yeah. just you know, sit on the iron throne and tell them what to do. Well, um, they need the Senate as like a a reason to do what they're doing. I guess. Right. So the one thing I will say about the trailer, and I've, I've talked about this a little bit already, the thing that drove me a little bit nuts is the fact that. Han is wearing the same goddamn outfit. Well, it's not. It's not the same. It's, it's not, not the same. A, it's not the same. He just really likes that color scheme. It's the color scheme. <laughs> uh, it's it's a, like a leather jacket, almost kind of like a biker jacket, yeah. or maybe a guy who owns a Ferrari. It's too like old. a bo- like a bomber jacket sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, midlife crisis jacket. Uh, <laughs> and he's got a nice oh collar, white collared shirt on underneath. You just made me realize how much he is a, an, an older gentleman trying to recapture his youth. He's got the fast car and the Millennium Falcon. He's he always does. hanging out with his bros. Yep. <laughs> he's, still with his, he's still with his loser best friend that follows him around everywhere. <laughs> he basically is... His, uh, he's, the Millennium Falcon is basically his van like that yeah. he turned into a man cave. Yeah, he's probably still gambling and lost it in a car. Hanging deal. out in bars and drinking and gambling. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in a cantina like first shot. No, one's surprised me at all, actually. 
Um, you know, it, it's funny though because I thought like you know Harrison Ford obviously aged quite a bit, but you know what? He he looked. They made him look a lot better than I thought he was. Like before the filming started, like you look at like uh, like uh, Carrie Fisher or Mark Hamill, and like man, they aged. Like they, they really beat, like they beat up. Yeah, yeah, like you know, age will do that. But like yeah. they they look good ish in these roles so far. What we've seen of them, right? Like like well, I think Disney gave him the nod that you need to get your stuff together yeah you know we need you to be in this personal trainer showed up at their house but i'm told carrie fisher had plastic surgery i mean she must have i mean yeah. i see pictures of her for like three four years ago and i just saw her at celebration I actually met her which was crazy and her dog gary who she told me loves me um really weird situation but it was awesome because i met the princess right uh but they they had work done i mean they've been watching their weight probably exercising they look a lot yeah. better but harrison didn't need all that he's been keeping up for years. yeah it's great but i i do like that they're sort of embracing it a little bit yeah. Um, you know, it's a lot easier to explain why they aged as opposed to like why is the robot in Terminator aging? Uh, <laughs> oh man, I don't get that. I don't that whole movie. That trailer also came out on top of Star Wars. Ooh, I thought mm. it was out before. Did it come out? No, the second out? trailer. The first trailer came out a while. I didn't ago. see that yet. The second trailer does not make that movie look good. Oh no. No, it does oh, not. Boy. And and uh, oh Arnold. Jesus Christ. I'd say he should have stuck with politics, but probably shouldn't have done that either. Oh. So let's talk about celebration a little bit more. Yeah, uh, let's I don't do know it. how much time we have, but no, as much um, as you want. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, my sister, she's 22 years old. Um, she goes to Arizona State University, and she's lived very far away from me for a long time. And um, she's gotten to the age now where we can kind of communicate and see each other, like or at least understand each other's passions. And you interests. guys are like wow buddies too, right? Like, is that is that your method of communication? No, no, no. no, no. My sister is the complete opposite of me. Oh, okay. she doesn't understand my nerd life at all. She doesn't get it. She comes into my room and sees my Transformers, my Star Wars figures, and thinks I'm crazy. Uh, but it was nice that we're at the age where like we're kind of now interested in figuring out like why my brother likes this, why my sister likes this type of thing. Right. Because she's technically an adult. Not really, but she's an adult now. So she met me. Um, we're technically it, adults. I don't know about that. Maybe <laughs> you are. I mean, you're the one with the wife. I mean, yeah. yeah. So she met me out there and she was really intrigued to come and see what like a con is like in general. So we, I brought her there and she said to me, I can't believe this. I said, what? She's like, yes, there's a bunch of like really pe- older adults in Star Wars costumes, which is kind of odd to me. But at the same time, there's a lot of like really cool, like chill people here that I would probably hang out with, and yeah. they love Star Wars too. And like the stereotype to her was like, "Oh my god, like I'm gonna go to Geekland," and then she came and realized it was normal people who like really are passionate about Star Wars. Right. That could be everyday people, everyday walks of life, somebody that she would even hang out with probably, which was really cool. And we bonded and stuff. And now, you know, she's seen all six films. She watched a couple of them before we went to Celebration, and then I took her to, uh, we waited online for two hours Friday night, and we saw Revenge of the Sith in 3D, which was the first time it's ever been in 3D in the United States, which was pretty cool, and she loved it. She thought it was great. So, I mean, that was like a highlight of my experience, for sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, you know, like, I feel like the, the convention, no one, no one goes to conventions by themselves, right? Like, I don't think I ever have. I, I was, that was the plan until she came. Yeah, oh, really? Because that's sad. I just think it's so much, uh, you know, even if you guys break up and do something else at times and then meet up again. Like it's nice to have a partner in crime, um, you know, because you you have someone to share your stories with um, and share your experiences with. And then no one can call you a liar when you're like, I met Mark Hamill, you know, I really did. Dog liked me. (laughs) I really did meet Carrie Fisher's though. I really did. But uh, yeah, no, it's, you know, I, 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 as much as I love conventions, like it's really about like having, you know, camaraderie with people. Like, 
I go to enough of them now that when I go to conventions, there are people I only ever see at conventions. Like my buddy Seth and, and, and my buddy Dave, like I only ever see them working cons. You guys like pick up where you like a date never passed? Like, oh, dude, what's up? Like, no yeah, big yeah. deal. Let's go. We're, what line are we waiting on for five hours? Well, yes and no. I mean, most of my friends are, are vendors. Okay. So like it's like, hey, what game are you working on this week? You know, like, oh, um, but like there's, Ooh, there's adult conversation. Yeah, like, but there, you know, there's guys I wait in line with too, and it's like, you know, there are people I talk to online, but I don't see in my day to day because I'm working, uh, <laughs> work, uh, but yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, all that work takes away from my Star Wars time. Um, yeah, well, but, yeah, it does for me at least. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, it, cons are are better with people. Speaking of Star Wars game time, yeah, there's something that you you pointed out to me, and I just saw that uh, Steam has a has a Star Wars sale happening. Yes. Uh, for May fourth. Yeah, so May the fourth, May the fourth be with you all. Seventy seven percent off on like fourteen different games. Yeah, and they just released um, Tie Fighter, X Wing, and X Wing vs Tie Fighter on Steam as well. So right. those are like the uh, Wing Commander S games from the mid nineties, early to mid nineties that were actually really awesome. If you had a four eighty six PC back then you yeah. know exactly what I'm talking about. They're fairly iconic. Um yeah. I'm interested to see how they play on modern machines. Uh, I, I was wondering if you'd have to like figure out a way to slow the frame rate down. That's what I was that's what I was thinking. You know, because like I've actually you know like the game <laughs> they're so old that I don't think they had to like consider um you know, obviously most games aren't future-proofed anyway, right? But, like, they didn't have... Like, they were building to what the processors were at the time, and, and they're so far back. Like, most modern games you wouldn't have this problem with, but, like... Maybe they're just, just the emulating f- it so there's a governor. I don't know how that yeah, works. Yeah, like, maybe just like to, this- to make sure it's slowed down to the proper speed. Right. Because I, I fully believe uh, some of those games, like, the speed of them was literally dictated by... Your processing Your speed. processor, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they figured out a way to kind of govern it, but it's a great point. So, I mean, what what is your favorite Star Wars title that we could buy right now? Like, what is what is the game to get if you're going to get one of them? Um, I mean, if you've never played, I mean, look, if you're into RPGs in general, I mean, there's no question you should play Kotor: Knights of the Old Republic, yep. the first one. Um, if uh, if you're into shooters, um, like first person shooters, I would probably pick up Jedi Academy. Jedi Academy was awesome. Um, Dark Forces, it's a little more clunky though. Um, and then, honestly, probably Battlefront 2, just for the fun of it. It's right. a first-person shooter. Um, came out, I think, like 2004, 2005, like right around the time Revenge came out. Sure. Um, that's probably one of the best first-person shooters. If you like strategy games, um, RTS, yeah. um, Empire at War is really great. I think it's one of the most underrated it's such Star Wars a, It's games. such a good property for RTS games, too. You know, oh, like, I mean, you have all these different vehicles and ships and characters and weaponry yeah. and... I mean, a planet could be a weapon, right? It could be a center of peace for a for a battle. So, it's... Well, I'm surprised um, that the next. I, I and maybe maybe I'm behind on the times here. I think the next evolution for Star Wars becomes making a MOBA. Okay. Like you know, like why well, everyone else is doing it, right? You've why got, not do it for Star Wars? Yeah it, it, yeah, it has enough characters with enough unique skills and abilities and enough generic uh, trooper monsters to run around that like it. Totally makes sense. I wouldn't be surprised if we wake up tomorrow morning and we find and hear about a Star Wars MOBA. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think, I think that it yeah. makes total sense. So another interesting thing that uh, I found is uh, Tops just came out right before Celebration came out with a Star Wars the trading, trading card, card yeah. collector app. Right. Um, so basically, I don't know if you know if you're a kid of the '80s, you remember like the Star Wars collect tr- Tops collector cards were a big deal. 
Um, if you had an ice cream truck outside your in your neighborhood and you went in the summertime, you probably would sell a pack of those cards in the back of that ice cream truck. Yeah. Uh, so basically, it's just a digital app collection of cards. You get points every day to unlock different packs. And then the coolest aspect of it is the social aspect where you can actually take your cards, post them on the form on the app, and then someone can hit you up if you're trading like the Red Bosk from Empire. Right. And somebody wants a gold Leia bikini Jedi variant card, you can make trades, right? And this also is a social aspect of the game and you're all kind of enjoying your fandom together, right? I've already kind of lost the nostalgia factor. Um, I mean, they're just, at the end of the day, they're they're cards, but they're not really cards because they're in my phone. Right. They're not tangible. They're not physical. So I, I, it's not like it's not like Hearthstone where I can play with yeah, them. Yeah, there's, no, there's no intrinsic value to them. It's, it's whatever you value people assign it, to them. It's just like a picture of Kitster. And now I have a picture of Kitster. Kitster is the friend of Annie on Phantom yeah. Menace games. Yeah, it's I'm all about game. getting those Kit Fisto cards. Oh, well, I, <laughs> it's a great character. Um, so that's actually pretty cool. I mean, it's a, it's a great time for Star Wars. Uh, I think it's going to be a great year. Um, there was one more trailer I think we should talk about. So uh, Gareth Edwards is rolling out the first standalone film in 2016. Um, his panel was on Saturday, was on Sunday or Saturday? I think it was on Sunday actually. Um, and now they rebranded these standalone or uh, spin-off, if you will. They rebranded them into these Star Wars anthology movies. So anytime these movies come out, they're going to be called Star Wars Anthology: Colon Boba Fett, Colon Obi Wan, Colon, colon right. Kitster, Kit Fisto, X Men Origins, Wolverine. Got it like, Ex- exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it's called uh, Star Wars Anthology Rogue One. Um, it's going to star Felicity Jones. I'm not sure if anyone's familiar with her. I think uh, she's a pretty yeah, up-and-coming actress. Um, and uh, it's basically going to take place between episodes three and four. And um, it's about the Rebellion stealing the plans to the Death Star. Like, A New Hope starts. They already have the plans to the Death Star. Right. R2 actually has them, brings them to Obi-Wan. This is about how the Rebellion actually... Got the, those plans. Okay, so they're filling and, in the gaps. And no Bothans died because many Bothans died to get the plans to the second Death Star. Yes. Just to be clear. Um, you know, it's interesting. I wonder if... I mean, I imagine they're probably all going to be unique stories, but I wonder if there's not enough fan uh, demand to do a... Uh, uh, what was the... Was it Shadows of the Empire? Oh, it was a great game. Uh, no, no, the book I'm thinking of. Uh, it's both. It was uh, Admiral Thrawn and all that stuff. Well, okay, so so Shadows of the Empire took place between um, Empire and Jedi, and that right. that was a uh, that was about uh, Prince Sizor of the Black Sun and all this other stuff. Yeah, and Dash Rendar. Dash Rendar all. was the main character. Flew something like like a Millennium Falcon. He was the Han replacement. Yeah, he was the Han replacement, right? But your uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn was actually in the Timothy Zahn book series that took place after Return of the Jedi okay. in expanded universe. But those are great books. And um, the uh, the head of Lucasfilm Story Group, his name is Pablo Hidalgo. He um, he stated that a lot of the iconic characters that were brought onto the EU through comic books and video games and um, and novels, right? Um, we are going to utilize a lot of your popular characters at some oh, point. Good. So you may see Thrawn pop up. I would I would love for it to to happen. The, the, the only reason I say that is because like I don't want them to do what they did with the X Men movies, right? I don't want it to be all Boba Fett all the time, just like I don't want Wolverine, Wolverine all, all the, time. the time, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, Boba Fett's actually a little easier because, like, you don't need the same actor every time. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's to me like Star Wars. Like, I, I'm waiting for the miniseries. I'm waiting for the Netflix exclusive series. Yeah. Uh, you know, Stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like something yeah. along those lines. I think yeah, I mean, like cool. it's a huge galaxy, and I think because we have these movies and these characters we, that we are loved so much 
um, that I think you know the studios and the, and the business end of things focus on these characters, obviously, because that's where that's right. what we love. That's what we're going to spend money on. It's a huge universe. They make it feel so small because of those reasons. I think they need to kind of branch out a little bit. I'm right. hoping that Disney does. I have faith in in uh, Kathleen Kennedy and and in Lucasfilm that they'll realize sky's the limit or space is the limit, uh, and they don't need to focus on the iconic characters that yeah. we all know. Right? I would love to see them do something like. Um, did you watch Daredevil yet? Uh, I'm on the episode three. Okay, so I won't ruin anything to you for you, but Daredevil, um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is so sort of clean and shiny and and PG-13, and Daredevil is definitely rated R for adults, right? Yeah. I would love to see them do a storyline where it's like, it's in the universe with, with the Empire, and it's in the universe with the Jedi, but that's not the storyline. It's a storyline of someone living in this universe and like... You know, it's a, a darker, story. a darker, story. yeah, like a darker take on Star Wars. Like you know, this is the uh, someone on the the filthy streets of Coruscant and the the poor district. You know, like yeah, that would be great. I, I think the uh, so you're talking about like Netflix series. They're talking about this live action Star Wars series that right. Lucas talked about years ago. Got canceled or got pushed. Um, there's rumors now. There's whispers that they're bringing it back. It was originally called Star Wars Star Wars Underworld, right. and it was basically going to be about like. The, the bounty hunters, the scum, the villainy at like the bottomless pits of the Coruscant, the city planet. Right. Um, and it was going to be, um, you know, I mean, if your next generation is like your, uh, your your top level of Star Trek, I mean, I don't know, is it would it be like Deep Space Nine, would you say is more like... It's a little grittier. A little yeah. grittier, right? I mean, you've got, you know, Whoopi Goldberg flipping tarot cards in a weird cantina-like place. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that, that's the, the angle I think they were going to take it but again to your point i think it'd yeah. be great to see and a different also, perspective on on star wars so that's also what they were going to do with that video game that they canceled the uh, star wars 4747 or whatever it 13, was 13 13 13 that's yeah. i don't know where 47 yeah. i think right. the same angle i think that game was supposed to go alongside with this like new live action yeah television series i would not be surprised if even disney because uh, the clone wars series is now fully on netflix all six seasons i wouldn't be surprised if disney just releases a a uh, Lucasfilm releases a Star Wars show just on Netflix because it's working for them with Daredevil. Yeah. With Marvel. So. Right. Daredevil, you're going to love it. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm probably going to watch an episode tonight. Okay, so yeah. um, so one, one last thing I wanted to talk about, and this is not Star Wars related, yeah. but I think it's a funny story. You were supposed to come over a little bit earlier today um, to record, yeah. and you didn't. Yeah. And I think I think you should tell our listeners why, because this is, this is like both um, funny and tragic. Yeah, so I've been I've been collecting a heavy collector of uh, vintage G one Transformers for I'd say the past fifteen years, um, and then that got into the whole once once Hasbro realized oh we can make money off like the other generation because now they're back as adults and they actually have money. Right. They've been reissuing everything and coming out with like old molds that with like little new twists, new color schemes. Yeah. Um. So I've been collecting for a really long time, and it got to the point where. It became really, really bad, like almost like an addiction. And I had way too many Transformers for my one bedroom apartment, so I boxed them up. Um, I had them in storage for a while. That really wasn't efficient. So my buddy was like, "Dude, just put them up in my garage, like up on the shelves there. It's no problem." So did that, uh, not thinking that we live in Queens, New York, uh, the squirrel infestation of America. Uh, my buddy's garage uh, is made of wood. The top panels are and. They, squirrels can kind of get in there. I think so, our listeners know where you're going with this. Yeah, so you guys already know what's going on. So I get I get a phone call. I get out of work today. I get a phone call from my buddy. He's like, dude, there's cardboard everywhere. You need to get here now. I'm like, wait, what happened? And then he sent me a picture of my 1983 vintage G1 Optimus Prime. Basically, the box basically shred to pieces with a dead squirrel next to him. 
That squirrel Literally. took its own life after it realized what it did. I think I think Either Opt- that or paint on those boxes in 1983 was no bueno. I think Optimus messed them up. Yeah. But the good news is that out of, I'd say, maybe 60 pieces, five boxes through, they got through one box. But the bad part about it is the one box they got through, the top panel is where I kept all the stuff that I didn't want to get squished, like the right. more expensive stuff. And that's some of the stuff that got ripped. So, and, and I was telling you earlier, like, th- th- that sucks. But let's really count sucks. your blessings because one of the things that you can now do guilt-free is actually play with your toys. I actually – I'm kind of late to coming here because I got home and I took him out of the box make sure he was okay. And then I started posing him in like one of my shelves. So I'm kind of excited that I can actually put him up there. You're, you're going you're going robot mode I imagine, right? Full robot okay, mode. good. Never go full robot. <laughs> I want to get a, a, a series of the, the bots and then do like a evolution of man where they're – <laughs> oh god like like like, like the flash like the, running or something like that like from the ape to the man but it's like optimus kind of finding his way up. yeah, yeah, yeah. oh man oh god ape to the man i'm thinking of beast wars Ugh. oh wow never cared for beast wars oh i didn't even yeah, i didn't even think about that I, i'm not a beast wars guy no i'm a was. i'm a generation one guy all the way I will michael say this, bay sucks i will say the same thing about uh about star wars i am a g1 star wars guy <laughs> g1 you're an original trilogy guy before George Lucas. Back, with before them. it was cool. Yeah. Before it was cool. So anyway, cool. Mike, thanks for thanks for coming by again. Yeah, no, I, this is a blast. This I'm is fun. I, I like that we have like a Star Wars sub theme when we do these shows. Yeah, but I mean, we, we could we could rant on about other stuff while we keep that in line, which is really cool. I think we'll do yeah. we'll do some more shows. We'll have you on as a regular guest. Sounds good. Um, Love and, it. And if you'd like to, as a listener, if you'd like to send us any Star Wars trivia questions or anything along those lines, feel free, and we'll get we'll get we'll we'll, we'll answer your letters. Well, actually, I have one right now. All right. In the first draft, and I'm asking you this, and okay. you're going to think you know it, and you're not going to know it. In the first draft of Return of the Jedi, the very first draft, what was the original title? What was it actually called? It was Revenge of the Jedi. No. No. It was Return of the Jedi. The second draft was, was Revenge, Revenge of the Jedi. Then, yes. And the third draft was Return of the Jedi. That's right. You know how I know that? How? Bioshock. Really? There's a um, there's a scene in I don't know if it was in, in Bioshock Infinite I don't remember if it was the the actual game or when they first unveiled the game like the 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 gameplay trailer that like was totally different from what it wound up being yeah when they looked more like Disney characters and all that I remember that yeah. um, Elizabeth opens a portal at some point and you can see like. 1980s New York and an alternate reality through the portal and the 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 movie theater that's in the background on the the thing says uh Revenge of the Jedi. I love it. Yeah. That is that is awesome. Deep cuts, bro. Deep cuts. That's great. So with that, uh for Michael Pappas, I'm Fred Earhart and thanks for listening. See you later. <laughs>